You're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. You talking to me? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. All right, welcome into Inglorious Podcasters, episode seven. Nolan Shalupka and Sam Alessandro here with you guys today. And uh, we got our review today for Devil All the Time, as well as we will be bringing you our top five movie endings of all time. Sam, have you been watching anything interesting besides Devil All the Time lately? Um, I don't know if you saw, but I posted on Twitter my review of Prisoners. I just rewatched Prisoners. I did see that. Um finished it last night i have like no problems with that movie that movie is in my opinion uh villanue's uh masterpiece really over blade runner yeah j- j- just a little bit okay just by a little bit but uh yeah i've seen i watched prisoners i watched the devil all the time and that's really it just got a lot of school work um I'm probably going to, probably going to honestly, I need to rewatch The Mandalorian season one before season two drops. And yeah. then um, I want to try and, and, and watch all the Star Wars movies before The Mandalorian drops as well. Ooh, that'll be a, some of that will be hard, especially with the new trilogy. See, I I can at least watch the new trilogy. I I can't watch uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, I know you told me that. I I don't have too many problems with the Phantom Menace, but I know you do. Or uh, no, I take that back. I take that back. I do have problems with it, but I don't think it's as bad of a, as bad as a movie as everyone says. It's it's not good, but it's it's not hor- horrendous. You know. Mm. It's not a movie that I won't ever Rise, won't watch again. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker is way worse, I think. It's so bad. I mean, like in terms it's of so like, bad. In terms of like a mess, yeah, but I don't know. Just nothing worked in the Phantom Mess, I feel like, except for Liam Neeson being in it. Well, with with Rise of Skywalker, I'll give you this. There is entertainment to be had in the film because it does entertain you. There are like fight scenes but in the phantom menace it's so boring but at least that lucas still had somewhat of a competent story figured out you know the only redeemable quality for me in the phantom menace is the last fight scene yeah that is that's that really, is awesome. really that's really it um Duel of the fates but yeah sorry sorry to get off topic but yeah that's what i'm gonna try to do we'll probably drop a, a just like a review of all star we'll have a star wars only pod here so oh, yeah or the mandalorian drops yeah we're gonna be discussing the mandalorian in depth um but speaking of getting off topic i just gotta mention the chiefs absolutely destroyed the ravens just now and i gotta 
throw a shout out to the Chiefs because that was that was an ass beating live on television. It was great. It was great. I know you said before the pod you didn't watch it, but anyone watching just know that that was that was a beauty for a Chiefs fan. Minnesota, <laughs> dude, your team's not doing too hot right now. I thought I thought they were going to pull it off, but I thought they, they were too. Do you, do you guys think you're going to tank? Do you guys think you're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, short answer: They probably should at least not necessarily tank for Trevor, but I'd be I'd be pretty happy if they tanked for Justin Fields, like top five pick, not necessarily yeah. number one pick. Um, I I just don't think I think Kirk Cousins is at least good enough to win you a couple of games. He's not like a a tanking quarterback. Yeah, and plus. I would agree. The New York teams are the worst teams in football, and it's not close. <laughs> the Jets and Giants? Yeah, they're so bad. I think all of the NFC East is just terrible. Cowboys, Washington football team, um, Eagles. I mean, the uh, the Giants – or no, the Giants aren't in it, are they? Yeah, it's are Giants, they, okay. football team, Cowboys, Eagles. Yeah, they're all bad. They're all t- – Terrible. Yeah, I, I don't know what what they're. None of them should play in the playoffs. But all right, we'll we'll stop getting off topic and we'll get back <laughs> to the podcast. All right, so movie news. Enola Holmes has come out with surprisingly good reviews and uh, surprising for the view, the people listening to this. Uh, we have decided we will be reviewing that for next week. So it's come out with good reviews. I'm excited to watch it. Um, I, I was listening to Lights, Camera, Barstool today, and they were talking about how much they really liked the film and how they even want it to be a trilogy. I feel like Sherlock Holmes is on a high right now. Yeah, um, I don't know. When I saw the trailer, I thought, this looks stupid. Why would they make this? And I saw Henry Cavill was in it, and I was really disappointed because I think he's a really good actor. But, uh, yeah, I mean, apparently everyone else likes it, so I'm going to have to check it out, see for myself, see uh, see if it really is uh, what they say it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's uh, – again, I, I really like Henry Cavill. I think Sam Claflin's also in it along with – um, Millie Bobby Brown from yes. Stranger Things, and uh, I, I just think that uh, it 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 will be interesting to see how how Henry Cavill takes on like the Sherlock Holmes like character because he's such a legendary character, um, and there's so many like different interpretations of it too. Even in the last few years, with like Holmes and Watson. Yeah, with like, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that, but with uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes and as Ben uh, Ben Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes. So, but I think, uh, yeah, Cavill uh, can definitely do a good job with that. It'll, it'll be interesting, yeah, to see if they end up making this into like a franchise. I think, you know, if they're able to like distinguish. Uh, this character as like something different from like this, the normal Sherlock Holmes, you know, uh, stuff, then uh, Netflix could have something 
really, really cool. Yeah, I think so. I think she what she wants to try and do, Millie Bobby Brown, that is, is try and get away from the Stranger Things character because, I mean, to be honest, Stranger Things, is its quality is, has really declined over these past two seasons. Season one was fantastic. Actually, one of the best seasons I've ever seen in television. But these past two have just declined in quality. And I think she's, she wants to try and separate herself from that. And apparently she's choosing a, a good project here, which a lot of people are actually wanting to, to have sequels and become a franchise. And, and th- this is on, this is on Netflix, correct? I'm not making yeah. that up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's easy for everyone to view and watch along with us and um, we'll be reviewing it. And I'm, I'm pumped to see it now based on what people are saying about it because people are loving it. So it should be good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually like pretty, pretty excited. Kind of looking forward to it now. Um, Same. I was probably going to end up watching it because I don't know. I, especially lately, like all the new releases, I've ended up watching them at some point. So Dude, I've been behind on them, on new releases. Like I said, I was going to watch um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and I still haven't gotten around to that. I'm so busy with school. Yeah, I, like, I, I do need to do that. Like, I guess what I mean is, like, I, I end up watching all of them. Like, because usually, yeah. like, the new releases on Netflix, I don't care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for, unless it's, like, The Irishman. But now, like, yeah. almost I'm every 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 movie that has come out this year on Netflix has like been on my watch list. Like I don't think in a normal year I would have watched extraction, you know, the first weekend it came out. Yeah. I still haven't seen that. You know, what's getting like getting good, like traction on, um, on Netflix right now is that Cobra Kai show about, I'm I've heard yeah some some decent things about it. I yeah, thought it was cheesy as hell. Yeah, my my dad watched it on uh YouTube TV and he he really liked it a lot. So once I told him it was on Netflix, he really was excited to watch it. I have not seen it yet. I'm going to be honest. I got a hot take here. I absolutely hate the Karate Kid. Maybe I need to rewatch it, but the last time I saw it, I thought that movie sucked. Last time I saw The Karate Kid, I was like eight or nine years old, so I don't really remember it that well. I remember, like, obviously the iconic, like, last fight or whatever, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, like, it's 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 not it's not that that good. It's really poorly acted. Let me just say. Oh yeah, uh, the main character is that who you're talking, about? Ralph Macchio? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he I think was also there's a in the reason, outsiders. I think there's a reason why he's not in a lot of stuff now. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's also um have you ever seen uh One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? No. Uh Andrew just watched that the other night. Yeah. 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 He really liked it. It's a really good movie. Well they Netflix just dropped um a a series to go along with that, and I know I sent you a tweet today that where I was shitting on Sarah Paulson, uh, but it stars Sarah Paulson in the show. So I probably will end up watching that because that looks 
that sounds awesome, the show, because it all has to do with one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It is a little weird to me. Like, Twitter has this weird obsession with, like, certain actors and directors, and I'm just like, why? Yeah, it's like they all – okay, film Twitter is a weird place, so they all love – they really love Dave, Dev Patel. They love Zoe Kravitz. Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. And I like Paul Thomas Anderson, too. I think he makes good movies. Yeah. And then they also love Sarah Paulson for some and, reason. And Zack Snyder. Yeah, that's that's something I don't understand either. I don't think he's that good. I think he makes entertaining films, and that's about it. I would agree. I would agree. I respect his work. I mean, like, I respect his, like... I do think he apparently he, he must have like really fun film sets because actors always like really good actors like Amy Adams should have no business being in, you know, Batman v Superman, but he must be yeah. doing something right. So, yeah, yeah, he must maybe be. she's just cashing in the, the paycheck, but they also that film Twitter also loves Amy Adams. Yes. And that's very understandable in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, the next bit of news. Uh, the Batman has resumed production. Our King Robert Pattinson no longer has COVID. He is healed. He yeah, has he's, risen. <laughs> he has risen. He's here. And the Batman continuing production. I mean, I we say this every time. I'm super pumped for this. Robert Pattinson killing it once again. We just sound like a broken record. I don't think there's anything new to say here. Yeah, I mean, just watch that first trailer. I think that trailer's uh, a, just an instant classic already. It's going to be known as one of the best teaser trailers, even if the movie is bad, which I don't think it will be. Uh, it, it's going to be looked at as one of the best trailers of all time, I think. It's, wow. Like, like, in terms of, like, teaser trailers, like, hype, especially, yeah. like, m- m- in modern times, I think – that that trailer just did everything like it built up the hype and yeah i i can't wait you know batman's the best superhero anyway so that's right seems to be the only superhero that filmmakers can get perfectly right yeah seriously well no there's so many good options they got green lantern they have messed up Batman though, but most of the time it's been like, like the animated series, it's perfect. Um, I think Michael Keaton is a really good Batman. Christian Bale obviously is good. Even Ben Affleck, like he got a he lot. Was of hate. Good. Yeah, yeah, like he he I, I liked him. Yeah, he, he was good. He wasn't my he wasn't my favorite, but like I bought it. And I I liked that version of Batman. It it was like a Batman Arkham like in the Arkham games kind of Batman. And I yeah. kind of get that vibe from Robert Pattinson's Batman as well, which I really like. And I like the approach that they're doing a different villain. They're doing not Scarecrow, not Joker. They're doing um, the Riddler as the main villain. I yes, really I'm like very that. cool with that. I'm very, I've always wanted to see, I mean, Jim Carrey obviously portrayed the Riddler, but I've always wanted to see, you know, a darker take on the Riddler. And I think we're going to get that. And Paul Dano's playing the Riddler, right? Yeah. And Andy Circus said that this is going to be the darkest Batman movie. 
Which okay, I'm I'm here for that. I'm here for that. I don't. I just. I, I am obviously uh, here for that, but like, I don't see it being darker than the Dark Knight. Like, I, yeah, like how, I, can, I can understand that because I think the Dark Knight is one of the PG thirteen movies that really pushes the boundaries in terms of that rating. Like, if I there was agree. like one more if there was like a swear word in that movie or like even a little bit of blood that was going to be rated r yeah no doubt i that is surprising that that's rated pg-13 yeah yeah it is it is a it is a good picture what a picture (laughs) all right speaking of uh good pictures the first reviews for the trial of the chicago seven um are in and so far it seems pretty good and I think we're both excited for this movie. This film comes out October 16th. Is um, it on Netflix as well? Yes, this is on Netflix. Speaking of another Netflix film, we will 100% be reviewing Hubie Halloween. There is no doubt in my mind we will be reviewing <laughs> Sam, we oh. have to. You know what we should do is we should do a watch along for that. I'm not, I'm not doing a watch along. <laughs> Okay, but we have to review Hubie Halloween because Adam Adam Sandler said Adam Sandler said if he doesn't get the Oscar for Uncut Gems, which I still to this day believe he should have won. He was the best actor. He should have won. Yes. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Hmm. I I think best supporting actor should have gone to uh, Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. I honestly think man, it's either Leo or Driver for me. They were both phenomenal, I think. Yeah. Leo, Leo, I think you can make an argument that that was his best performance. It's mm. definitely up there, I think. It's up there. It's up there. It's, it's better than The Revenant, I think. Really? Okay. I think I think The, I, I think the I, Aviator is also one of his best roles. I might be biased too, but I've seen a lot of people say it as well. Like I think Tom Hardy actually outacts really DiCaprio in in The Revenant. Oh, I gotta disagree with you there, my friend. But I think it's because like he did he did such a good job at making me hate him (laughs) that like it's it's like the same thing with like Michael Fassbender in Twelve Years a Slave. Like I don't think I've ever hated a character more than that character. So. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. But anyways, Hubie Halloween, we're reviewing it. And then the next week, we'll probably review um, Trial of the Chicago 7, which I, I am actually really excited for. Sasha Baron Cohen will be um, doing um, a serious role. And that kind of segues us into the next uh, bit of news with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Borat 2. The title has been released. And I got to say this, this is not off to a good start for me. It's <laughs> the title is Borat. Borat 2 is Borat gift of pornographic monkey to vice premier Michael Pence to make benefit recently diminished nation. Mikhail Pence to make benefit recently diminished nation of Kazakhstan. Um, the last thing we need he's, is more. He's going to be humor. in it. 
He's gonna be in it, Michael Mike Pence. I I know, but it's like I just I'm so like I'm just so burnt out on political humor. It's the last thing I really want to see. It just I yeah. don't know. I mean, I love Borat. Everybody loves Borat. So maybe this will be good. I just hope it just doesn't make some political statement or something. I mean, definitely with that title, it it probably won't. But I just I hope there's not a lot of political humor in this movie because if there's anything that drives me crazy about comedies is when they throw in politics. I hate it. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how Borat to like just like the the route they take. Like, will they go with like what the comedy is nowadays, or will they? be like how they were in the first one, which was very uh, extreme <laughs> and uh, uh, volatile and just different and unique. Um, but I, I'm still really excited about this. Um, and I, I just don't know, like, it, the title is intriguing to me. Like, okay, well then what, what does Mike Pence have to do with this? Like, does yeah. he meet him? And like how how does Mike Pence not know about Borat too? Like Yeah. Like, come on. If you if you if anyone hears the Borat voice, they, they immediately know. So I the fact that Mike Pence wouldn't know that that's Sasha Baron Cohen, that that's Borat, that that's Borat's voice. It's it's so weird. I I I'm I mean, I'm excited to see what happens here. But it's like, I just, I want it to just be as funny as the last one. And that probably won't happen. But if it comes close, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want them to go with like the same type of stuff that they did last time. Um, but also like, I know that's kind of, that would be very hard to do nowadays uh, with with, oh, the, yeah. with the climate that we're in. <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna, you know, watch this probably opening day um, yeah. because Borat's one of my favorite comedies. So Borat is um, my favorite comedy. It's so funny. Yeah, it's it's, so it's definitely a it's definitely a title that grabs your attention for sure. Yes, like, yes. What what the hell? <laughs> um. All right. The uh, next bit of movie news. Uh, James Cameron, he has revealed that Avatar 2 production is done and Avatar 3 is about 95% filmed. Um, I believe it was back in 2014 they said Avatar 2 would be releasing and now it looks like it's going to be in 2021. So this film has been delayed. So the fact that this is all done, the fact that he's almost done with Avatar 3, I'm pretty excited for this. I think the first one is, it's a fun movie. It's basically Dances with Wolves, but with blue aliens. But I think it's fun. So I'm excited for these. I have no problem being like with these coming out, making like five of these. They're fun movies and I'm here for them. Yeah, I I think that these movies, the first Avatar was overrated. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fair. It was, it was technically speaking it completely changed you know hollywood i think um 
you know, the visuals in that movie are so good, especially when you think about like 2010, like it's, it's really incredible. Like that. It, it looks so realistic because we've mentioned on the pod before, like rogue one CGI is already looking a little iffy with some of its characters and like yeah. avatar avatar is one of those movies where like their CGI, like it's still, you can still buy it. So I do think that they'll have to have a little bit better of a story storyline um, in these next few. But like you said, um, they're just entertaining movies. They're summer blockbusters and James Cameron is, he, he knows what he's doing. I, I trust him. Um, and I mean, like, like you said, also like this movie has been delayed like 18 times. So like, at least he's taking he's he's taking his time with it, but like maybe he should like say they like to be determined until yeah. he finishes filming and editing because I imagine like it takes them a long time to make these um movies because it's kind of like you know a massive epic movie, and he's making like four of them all in a row, and you know there's a lot of technology involved in in those movies so yeah i mean i i don't I, I always thought that like setting a certain date was not a good sign because when you delay it it's like oh look we'll at this you know avatar got delayed again and this last one though we did know that it got delayed because it actually needed to get delayed because they actually yeah. couldn't film because every movie got delayed basically yeah. so it was understandable, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, definitely definitely excited to see this one in the theater. Um, I definitely feel like when Avengers and when Star Wars The Force Awakens, The Force Awakens got pretty close. They were – it's like third all-time in the box. Yeah, office. I think so. Force Awakens got really close. And then uh, you had Endgame obviously break the record. I think that – definitely uh helped push Cameron to he's like all right I need to crank these out it's still crazy to me that that movie was like the highest like really like Avatar yeah I know well before and before that it was Titanic wasn't it I think so yeah Cameron knows how to Cameron knows how to do it yeah yeah how to make that money back yeah I still he he hasn't made like Oh, like, you know, masterpiece since I think Terminator 2, but that's hard to do. Yeah, that is hard to do. Terminator 2 is probably one of the greatest action movies of all time. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's he's one of those directors, though, that everything he does, it changes, it changes, like, the genre, I feel did, like. Did he, did he also make Terminator 1? I... I think so. I'm pretty sure. I got to look it up now because I want to say that that was, for some reason, I want to say that that was Ridley Scott, but I know that's probably not right. Um, The Terminator directed by, wait a minute. Oh, written and directed by James Cameron. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, 
there you go. Avatar two and three, almost done. The last one that the last James Cameron film and the last Avatar film we got in what was it like two thousand eight? Um, two thousand nine. Okay, so eleven years ago, eleven years ago, we had our last James Cameron film and our last Avatar film. So, so wild, wild things. So. Sam sent me this over Instagram, uh, a direct message, and we were talking about who is the best directorial debut from, and I'm going to let Sam, I'll let you go first for who you think the best directorial debut uh, is from. You can go ahead and pick one right before we go into our Devil All the Time review. All right, so I'm going to go with a comedy, actually, um, called... Hereditary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a hilarious movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's it's a uh, one of the scariest movies uh, in my opinion, and I know it. It's one of uh, the scariest movies to Nolan as well. Uh, directed yes. by Ari Aster, I think that's how you say it. Yes. Um, I mean, I just I can't believe I just rewatched this what was it about a month ago? And it's just so crazy to me that this was his first film. Like, yeah, the, Dude. everything, like the details and like every shot. And he just understood. He, he knew what he was doing. Yes. hundred percent. And I don't know, like it felt like, it felt like a movie that like, you know, somebody like Kubrick would do like, like yeah. a, a veteran, a, a veteran of like the genre of, uh, of, of really any genre would do. And this, he did it on his first try and it's just crazy to me uh, that he was able to accomplish what he did. Um, and I think horror is, it's very objective. Like it, it, it really just depends on what scares you, but I mean, I've only heard one person that said that they just weren't scared at all. They actually found the movie kind of funny. Um, Who's that? Um, my buddy Garen. Oh, but he, okay. he, like, he like watches every single horror film. Oh, okay. And so like some of the stuff, like the, the bane on the, on the, on the door. Like yeah, he, that was like, hilarious. He's like, I, I was laughing my ass. I'm like, okay, I, I, I can see that. Yeah. And there, there's a few of those, like the, but like that tweet I showed you the, like when you came over a few weeks ago of like, like when it quickly transitions to nighttime, you can see like the, the worshipers, um, you know, the naked worshipers of oh. Satan, like, surrounding the house it's and, so creepy. Like, and i'm like wait i didn't even notice it until like the third time when uh my roommate hunter uh pointed it out so oh geez, like, so freaky yeah and and, and, and you and brought so up well like, too yeah uh tony collette gives her greatest performance i ever. yeah the, she should have won that year and she didn't even get nominated. It was like yeah. it was like how you felt with Adam Sandler is how I feel about her like 
her not yeah. getting nominated. That's honestly one of the biggest snubs the last like decade, I think. Um, I it, agree. It's, it's it's the same with like Joan Hall and Nightcrawler. It's like, yeah, what what did you not see? Like, are you, are, <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me, dude? And um, you brought this. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Well, you say you brought it up that this, like this is something that like a veteran like Kubrick would do, and I have no problem comparing this to like a work Kubrick did with The Shining. I think The Shining is is the better film. Oh I yeah, think Heredi- I think Hereditary is the scarier film, though. It's it definitely is close, close. I I think because like scary is it it just determines on what's scary to you, but like it's very creepy. Like at, at the at the at least you could find the movie creepy. Like The Shining, I find very creepy. I don't find it the scariest movie ever. But it's it's really really creepy, and I Hereditary think Hereditary makes the shining least, look tame. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that that is very true. That is very true, and uh, yeah, again, like just everything in that movie, like the the details. Like I caught some things that I, I never caught before in the in the movie, and yeah, I mean it. It's one of the best movies of the past decade, I think. Um, certainly I think is it's already cemented itself as one of the best horror films, probably the best horror film, honestly, since, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a lot of horror films. For me, the, but it's the greatest horror film since the thing. And I think the thing is it, the, I would say my top three horror films, number one, I know is The Shining. Number two, I don't know if it's The Thing or Hereditary because, God, they're both so, so damn good. I still need to watch The Thing, so. We should we should review that for our Halloween special. That'd be a good one, yeah. That would be a great one. Dude, I saw that in theaters. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God, it was so great. All right, um, and then so you've got you've got Ari Aster with Hereditary. Yep. Okay. Then um, I'm gonna go with um, every IMDb user's favorite movie, uh, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah. Directed by Frank Darabont. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that correctly. Um, some people will argue, you know, he did a TV movie back in 19 or no 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 no. no. Oh wait, hold on, hold up. Okay, yeah, 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 nope, he didn't. Or he did do a TV movie back in uh, 1990. Um, but this is directorial debut for film. And I think not only is it one of the greatest directorial debuts of all time, I think it's one of the greatest films of all time. And okay. I also, I would also agree with Hereditary. I mean, if I watch that again, I, I would probably give that a film a 100 out of 100 because I just don't, find any flaws with it um but same here with with Shawshank I would like to watch it of course again but ah damn dude it's it's so good it's so good I've seen it like for the first time like seven years ago and it's it's just so perfect it's so good I can't I can't get over it every time I watch it it gets better 
and it's just it, it you just you just I just don't think like I would normally think that a film about prison is good, but this guy's cranked out two of them that were great, and it's the Shawshank Redemption and then the Green Mile, both back to back for his directorial um filmography. So um I think the that um Frank Darbinoff gets it for for me for best directorial debut. I can definitely see. I, I honestly had no idea that, that was uh, from a director that it was his first movie. That's that is crazy to me because that's like yeah. that's one of the classics. Yeah, that's that's going to be like that. That film is still probably going to be talked about heavily, like when we're old. I, I like when we're old um, in a nursing oh, yeah. home. I can see that film like being like Casablanca or like Gone with the Wind. It's one of those movies, yeah, that uh, I feel like it will age just just perfectly. Like it, it's not gonna like. There's some movies that just do not age well. Like right. I don't think people in you know 50 years are going to be talking about The Shape of Water. Um, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll yeah, be talking you know. about movies like. Yeah, like you said, the Shawshank Redemption, right? Some of the movies that we've reviewed, like people still, when they have seen it, like they still talk about Seven Samurai. They still mm-hmm. talk about The Shining. Um, I haven't talked about it, but I've heard a lot of good things about the thing. Like there's certain movies that I think just, they'll just age really well. And yeah, the Shawshank Redemption, like it, that, that movie's just timeless. Like it, mm-hmm there's like i don't know like there's there's no problems with it no flaws yeah. yeah it's 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 insane that that's a directorial debut insane both of our picks were really good in my opinion all right what a so picture. what a picture should we get into the devil all the time yes sir all right let me bring up the plot synopsis really bad or really quickly so the devil all the time is the most depressing movie you will ever see sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality uh this film is getting very very mixed reviews um i gave it a 70 what did I give it? I think I gave it a 77 out of 100. Um, I think this this film is made really well. The direct uh, the director does a, a, a great job. I Antonio think Antonio Campos. Yes, yes. Antonio Campos does a great job. Um, this is an all time performance from Tom Holland. I think Robert Pattinson again kills it. Um, and Riley Keough does great in the film. Jason Clark does great in the film. I think this is an all around well acted and well directed film um it is a bit of a slow burn and it does get extremely grim like i remember texting you sam i was down like i felt like depressed for the whole next day after seeing that film because of just how grim it it is however um you know i still think it's it's really shot well i think it's directed well acting is great writing is great um yeah i think just the the only flaws that i have um are how grim it can be um how slow it can be at times 
And then um, I also don't feel the narrator is too um, too important for the for the story. However, I know that that the guy talking as the narrator is the author of the original book. So I, I guess they just kind of threw him in there as an Easter egg. But I, I have not read the book. I would like to read the book. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give this a 77 out of 100. Sam, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, um, I gave the film a 70 out of 100 score. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is a very depressing movie. I want to call it the most depressing movie. Um, I would say uh, Schindler's List and 12 Years a Slave would take... Hereditary even. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, honestly, yeah. Hereditary... Except for like the last 20 minutes, the movie is just sad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like The Devil All the Time, I thought it was an okay movie. Um, Like you said, well shot, very, Mm -hmm. very well acted. But I feel like just like the first act is just so slow. And I I agree that it's a it's a slow burn, but like it took it took me a long time to get invested a little too long, I feel like. And I really hated the narrator. I thought that that was so stupid. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, if they were going to have a narrator, it would have made more sense to have it be like Tom Holland or something. Like, I, Yeah, I, I can get that. I, I don't know. Like, it just didn't fit with the story, I feel like. The, the voice uh, wasn't even, or maybe it was, but it didn't sound like any of the other actors. It, and, it wasn't. It wasn't. So it wasn't it would make sense if it was maybe told like from the perspective of somebody from there or from, from actually one of the characters. Um, but again, like everyone has pretty much agreed, like this is probably Tom Holland's best performance. I've always seen him as a pretty good actor, but like I've always seen him as just like Peter Parker. And now he's finally playing someone that he actually gets a chance to show off his, acting talent and again like Robert Pattinson like him and Holland I I can't believe they're British like it's crazy how good their accents were um god it is is. I did find there were a few scenes the I think it was the delusion scene when uh when I don't know. I, I found Pattinson's voice was a little too like uneven, I guess, but maybe that's oh, being no. too picky. Um, I thought it was really good. I know he's getting hate for it. I thought it was really good. His accent. I loved it. I was on board. It wasn't, it wasn't like super distracting, but it was a little noticeable. Like it was just like so different from everyone else's, but like it, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I don't think it was as good as like his accent in the lighthouse. Um, that, yeah. So, um, but I also think one of the standout performances I think also was uh, Sebastian Stan as the, the cop. He, uh, he plays uh, Bucky, the winter soldier in the Marvel universe. And mm-hmm. I honestly didn't know he was, quite that talented i thought he did a really good job 
um, playing that character, as well as Jason Clark and Riley Keough, like you said. Um, I mean, I guess we saw Sebastian Stan in uh, I, Tanya, and he was pretty good in that, but as uh, the husband. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, everyone in this movie, really except for Tom Holland, is just so nasty and, like, just just yeah like it makes you like i don't know like it makes you feel dirty basically um it it just has to do with it being so grim yeah such a grim story i mean every everything too i forgot about him he's really he, he he's good um his character was uh dude that that was that was a little too much how how insane his character was how like I know dealing with the loss of someone that close that you love can be oh, very yeah. can be very hard on a person, but Jesus Christ, what he did was just so like that was pretty hard to watch like for this movie. But I I just I well I think he did a great job in it. I just it, it's some parts in this I was just like Jesus Christ, this is we, like, uh, this is going in the spoilers. Yeah, why don't we go ahead and get into spoilers right now? All right. Um, so which part were you talking about, the crucified dog? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that and I instantly just fast-forwarded it. I was not watching that shit. I just yeah, fast-forwarded I, through that scene because I wasn't going to watch it. I couldn't believe that, yeah, that they had done that. I honestly found the more disturbing scene to be uh, at the beginning when it was the crucified soldier. Oh, dude! I was like, and then and then it turned out he was alive. Like that was really disturbing to me. Yeah, but but that those two things are are what kept me like depressed the next day because I I kept thinking about that. I was like, okay, well, yeah, shit! I, I can see that. Yeah, I was like, well, shit! I'm gonna lose my dogs here probably soon, and then I know people who will probably die soon, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, you know. It's just it's it sucks, dude. Jason Clark in this movie is so creepy. Yeah, he is. He is. And I, that that plot line it definitely came back around. I was very like unsure of why it was in the movie for the whole time. I was like, these are just serial killers. Like, why do we need to, yeah. to know this? And it did come back around because it did all connect. But I was just like, I don't see how this is supposed to be interwoven into the film yeah yeah and the uh the pastor i think uh i don't i don't remember uh what the name of the actor is but he does a really good job of playing a creepy like pastor. Wait, robert, robert pattinson no 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 the other one at the beginning that like oh my god that dude was creepy man he yeah. his character was sick in the head though when yeah he, when he poured the spiders on himself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well well yeah and he then killed his wife killed his wife and i didn't really feel sorry for him when jason clark killed him i didn't either because he just thought that he could just resurrect her i was like Dude, yeah that, that's one thing that i took away from this film is just just they the took damaging. a very serious approach, like with religion. Like I was yes. not expecting that at all. Like there, don't get me wrong. I believe that there are positive effects that can come from relig- religion, 
But I also think just idolizing something like this, like your religion, like how they do in this film and most of like, well, I shouldn't say most of like, you know, how, how mostly people will just, you know, idolize their religion to a point where they will believe anything that is told, do anything that is, that is told of them. And it's, it has negative effects. Like because of their, because of someone's, devoted love of their religion and how they blindly will believe anything, you know, all of this stuff, it's like a domino effect to where, you know, lives can be lost. And in this film, it shows that. And I think the director was trying to make a point that while religion is fine, I think with this radical, with being a radical towards your religion, it can definitely have negative effects. And I think that's shown really well here. One of the scenes that I I don't understand why, like, like the narrator, like, I feel like kind of ruined the moment for me was when Tom Holland's sister commits suicide on yeah, accident. That was, that was sad. That was sad. Like, I, I understood her, her perspective, but, like, I don't know why at the end of it the narrator's like, and she had just changed her mind, and then, like, she, like, slipped and ended up hanging herself. I'm like, Why? Yeah, well, I, I, I felt that. You have to do that. Yeah, that I just felt makes it. me feel more like like a like a piece of shit. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I wish that we didn't have the, that exposition in the film. I kind of wish that it would sort of be told through us visually through her actions of like facial reactions because she kind of mm-hmm. communicates it well that she thinks she's going to be all right by her facial reactions and you kind of see that. And then when she slips and falls, it's, it's over. And, and it's just, it's just so grim. So that's, that's another thing. Another thing that I wanted to touch on is in this film, it also shows how hard it is for someone to get out of this lifestyle of this backwoods, heavy, heavy religion area where if you don't believe in God, then, you know, I mean, Tom Holland gets slapped by his dad. And well, that's not really Tom Holland, but Arvin gets slapped in the beginning by his dad for not praying correctly. And it just shows how hard it is to get out of this Appalachian, you know, back country town. And at the end, when Tom Holland finally does get out of the town, supposedly he is getting on Charles Manson's bus. So, you know, did he really get out? Is everything really okay? So that's I crazy. Just, I, I, I do yeah. like that, that aspect. Like, I'm like, I that's do too. Cool. That's pretty cool. I, but I also like, I was like, man, Tom Holland cannot catch a break or uh, Arvin, whatever his name is. Yeah. Cause it, he just, both his parents die. You know, he's, He's, he goes and lives with his grandma. This preacher comes, embarrasses his family, has his sister or half-sister commit suicide. Then while he goes to kill the preacher, he's then picked up by serial killers, has to kill them. The cop finds out. He comes to kill Tom Holland. Tom Holland tries to defend himself, kills him. And then once he is finally out of all that, Charles Manson picks him up and probably probably you know brainwashes him to to join his his cult now that's that's left up for interpretation i believe that he probably did join it but 
that's all left up to interpretation. Yeah, maybe he ends up being Tex. <laughs> yeah. gets, gets his shit kicked by Cliff Booth. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would that would have been sweet. But I don't know. I just I just find the whole the, the themes that that were brought up in this film very interesting about just the negative side of religion and how hard it is to escape a small a small city or a small town. I was you know, surprised. and try to escape the uh, the lifestyle there. Yeah, I, I was surprised that uh, Panson really wasn't in the movie that much, Mm-mm. and yet he's one of the standouts in the movie. I think that also speaks to just how good, how talented he is as a yeah. performer. Because I mean, even he comes, even if you don't like the accent, like you're you're going to talk about him, you're going to think about him after the movie. Like I think that if anything that that's a job well done. Yeah. When he comes onto a film, I mean, he's bringing his a game and, and you, you have seen it with everything that he's been a part of. And this is actually, yeah, this is actually his second film uh, with Tom Holland. The first being the lost city of Z. So it's, oh, yeah, it's right. kind of interesting to see those two back together in a film. I forgot about and that. Instead of Tom Holland live, dying this time, it's Robert Pattinson. We do live in a twilight world. We do live in a twilight world. So I give this film a 77 out of 100. You give it a 70? Yep. 70 out of 100. You got any, any other thoughts about this film at all? Nope. All right. So there's our scores, our reviews for The Devil All the Time. And to close out our podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about our top five favorite movie endings of all time since this was such a you know, a really cool ending for the film. Not, well, we're not calling Charles Manson cool. We're, we're, we're saying this is basically a, a unique take to this. Talk yourself out of this. Grim film. <laughs> What's that? Talk yourself out of it. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. We're going to, we're, we're basically saying this is a unique take to an already grim film, but uh, start, we'll go with our top five favorite movie endings of all time. Sam, I'll let you start off with number five. Um, well, mine are in no particular order, um, but we've already discussed this movie in depth uh, on the pod, but uh, Seven Samurai um, yes, sir. is definitely, I think, one of the best endings of all time. It's one of the best movies of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, just just the, the way it ends, it, it definitely uh, leaves you like, thinking about it like afterwards and those are the best endings like like where you feel like you got something out of it you you feel uh uh, you know the sacrifice that the samurai made for that for that village and um you get a sense of you know while the villagers survived and they won samurai you know it it they lost in a way because you know, they, they, they lost a few of their men. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it was just a great conclusion to what was already a great film. So, yeah. And if you guys want to listen to our thoughts further on that, go ahead and check out, I believe it's episode two. Yeah. I believe so. I mean, we've reviewed that movie like 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's finally, finally up on our, upon our podcast all right uh number five for me is parasite best picture winner last year uh that ending is phenomenal and it leaves you so 
so badly wanting more to the film. And I'm, I'm so excited that this movie's coming onto Criterion, uh, a Criterion Blu-ray, because I will no doubt buy it and rewatch it. Um, but yeah, I, I had no problems with this film. Again, I give the Parasite a 100 out of 100. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's got one of the best film endings of all time. Pretty much all of these are 100 out of 100s for me. Yeah, every single one of mine are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four. Oh, sorry, what's in? So I do want to ask you something really quick. Like for a movie, like do you prefer a really good opening, like like a great opening scene, or do you prefer a great ending scene? Great ending, no question. Great ending, okay. Because while, while Tenet's opening scene was good, I, it's not the first thing I think of when I, when I think of that, that movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I immediately go back to the ending and where Robert Pattinson is walking back and John David Washington knows he's going to die. Like that's immediately what I think of. I don't think of that opening scene, mm-hmm. but I yeah. really like the ending. Yeah. Num- so number four for me is inception. Um, again, I mean, I've said it before, it's, probably my favorite movie of all time i think he was um, dreaming was he dreaming yeah the little drop well according to michael kane uh he was not dreaming yeah i well i think christopher nolan said it too he's finally was just like I've no, he, he refuses to answer oh he does basically. okay that's cool yeah because okay. he he believes that viewers don't need to know everything yeah for real which is for real which is probably why he takes so much of uh, Kubrick's inspiration for from his movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of the most legendary uh, endings, I think, especially in modern movie uh, consideration. Um, the music is one of the most well-known of all time. It's called Time uh, from Hans Zimmer. Uh, and it's just a, a great conclusion to one of Christopher Nolan's many uh, great movies. Um, and it is pretty cool. The The videos aren't, you know, of high quality because it's from 2010, but there are a few uh, um, movie theater reactions to the Inception ending. Almost all of them are, oh! <laughs> I feel like that's that's a good reaction to have from a movie when you're that invested and you're like, damn it, just like one more second. Like 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 you said with, with Parasite, like man, yeah. just a little bit more. But yeah, I do think uh I do think that he was it was his reality. Yeah, so do I. All right, number four for me is whiplash. Um, I think it is so awesome that ending when he's drumming. Um, he's basically going off, uh, off. He's basically doing his own thing while the rest of the jazz band is trying to keep up with him. Or and when I say him, Miles Teller on the drums, and uh, J.K. Simmons realizes that Miles Teller really wants this, and they both know that it finally clicks with both of them that they're going to be, you know what they've both been wanting to be. And uh, I just think it works. Uh, this is Damien Chazelle's best work, in my opinion. 
Um, J.K. Simmons definitely deserved uh, the Oscar here. It's just, it's, it's a flawless movie. It's so good. It's, oh my God, I yawned. It's so good. I can't get over how great that film is. And that ending is just so great. When he, when he leaves the stage, gets a hug from his dad and then comes back on and does his own drum solo. It's, oh man, I need to go watch that here soon. Whiplash number four for me, hundred out of 100. So number three for me, I did change it up a little bit. So I'm going to do The Departed. Did you see the rat at the end? Did you see that? Did you see the rat? I'm not talking about that. Obviously, I saw the rat. Everyone (laughs) did. We all know what it symbolized. Yes. (laughs) But uh, yes, while that is very good, that movie, like the big twist, and this is a spoiler alert. So if you don't know, like, don't listen to this. Skip but ahead, also, like, 20 seconds. Also, like, watch the movie. But when Leo gets shot, like, you feel like shit. Like, Dude. And it, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, and, and you don't see it coming. Like, anyone who says they see it coming is lying to you. Mm-hmm. Everyone, like, when I showed two of my buddies the movie last year, it was hilarious watching their reactions. Because they were like, oh, I know how this movie ends. And right when that happens, they both of them like just like got up from their seat, like they couldn't believe it. And the Game it, of Thrones moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it is. Honestly, yeah. Um, and then it's a very satisfying ending um, when when Mark Wahlberg does his business. Dude, um, it's so badass. It, yeah, it's, it, so it, awesome. it's perfect, and I, I love the fact that there was like no music playing. It was, it was just, it was just silence. And then I I personally think that this is Scorsese's best movie. Um, I know a lot of people would probably disagree with it because even though everyone really doesn't have a problem with the movie, most people would say probably Goodfellas. Um, The frat boys would say The Wolf of Wall Street. And then uh, the people that, don't like society would say taxi driver. So yeah, well, I, I really love taxi driver. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, or Joker. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jo- a lot of people say gangs of New York is up there. I just, Oh God, no, no. Yeah. But for me, it would have to be taxi driver. Then maybe like Goodfellas. And although I haven't seen all of Scorsese's work, God damn, do I love The Irishman. The Irishman is so good. It's so good. It doesn't I, I was like three hours. No, and when I was watching it, I was, or when I heard that it was going to be three and a half hours long, I was like, well, this is going to be a, a long, you know, crime thriller. Now, while I do like long films, I was like, this, it's going to be tough to make this good. And Scorsese outdid outdid it he always surprises me i always think there's no way he can make this good and he does it he does it with with ease it's god god dang dude that's why it's one of my favorite directors yeah all right so number three for me dead poet society that ending sam have you seen it yeah oh you've seen dead poet society oh yeah my that's one of my mom's favorite movies Dude, that's that's one of my favorite movies as well. Robin Williams is my favorite actor of all time. I love Robin Williams. He is phenomenal in this movie. 
And when all his students stand up on the desk, oh, captain, my captain. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. It's one of the best film endings I've ever seen. And again, I give that film 100 out of 100. Yeah. So my next one, this is number two, right? Correct. So I'm going to let you give the other one because I'm assuming you're going to want to name the other one from wait, a certain Stanley Kubrick movie. So wait, you, what do you, do you I was going to guess say, it? You, you can, you can say, are you going to, are you going to do the shining as one of yours? Uh, no, really? I do, not, I do not have the shining. Hmm. All right. Well then I'll have the shining on there. Uh, okay. I really thought, I really thought you were going to do, do that one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, – I just love the – like, again, kind of – well, not really like Inception because most people believe that he was uh, in reality. But, like, it's really up to interpretation, I feel like, in at the end of The Shining because you you just don't know what – what does that last picture mean? Like, with What do you Jack think? Nicholson. I honestly I, – I, the only one that the only theory that I've heard that like I could see is that like he's cursed Mm -hmm. to be on the mountain because you never see him like outside of the mountain. So yeah, I would, I would say probably that one. Um, But I mean, that's just, it's such a good ending for one of the best movies of all time. Uh, That movie is obviously a hundred out of a hundred um, I mean, everyone, it, it surprises me because there are a few people that don't really like that movie. Yeah. They and can piss off and die in a fire. I just, I'm just like, are you, are you watching the right movie? You'd rather watch, you know, the shape of water over, over this. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I, I believe I'm, I'm with you on the, on the curse thing as well. I believe that he's definitely cursed to the hotel. And it's just, oh man, it's such a great film. I think it's got probably maybe the best cinematography of all time, I'd say, wouldn't you? Either that um, or maybe 2001. 2001 is incredible yeah, cinematography. Yeah. Um, I would say that's tough. I, I would probably go with The Shining. There's so many iconic moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the twins, the blood. The axe, just yeah. everything. The opening shot. Yeah, that's what gets me. I, I love that opening shot and the theme. Yeah. Oh, dude. Chill. Uh, I, I'm right Chill. now. I'm in the right now. I'm in the middle of rewatching all of the Stanley Kubrick films. So. Oh, I thought I saw, I thought I heard something in my house. So right now I am. I just finished Paths of Glory. I'm going to start Spartacus. Lolita, and then once I get to The Shining, I'm gonna be pumped. But yeah. anyways, that's that's either, that's down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, number number two for me is The Thing. Uh, me and mm-hmm. Sam, I think we, it's agreed. We'll probably review The Thing for Halloween because it's it, spoil it for me. I haven't seen it. I will not spoil it. You and Tom need to watch that and text me what you think of it because, dude, it's 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 so insane. It's so crazy. It's um, 
it's basically Among Us, pretty much. It's basically the, the game Among Us. That's that's actually what it is. Really? That's actually what it is, yeah. It's like and a giant kind of? Yeah, and it's it's just so intense. Kurt Russell, that's probably my favorite performance from Kurt Russell, I would say. He's 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 very he's very like cool like very calm and collective in the film even though what their fate what they're up against is just horrifying so dude we we gotta review that movie i could talk about that for literally two hours it's so good there is one particular scene in the film that when you watch you need to tell me let me come down and watch it with you guys because I just want to see your guys' reaction on this scene because it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Is that a movie that does jump scares or is it more uh, psychological? It's it's more psychological. There are maybe one to two jump scares, but it's okay. mainly psychological. And kind of like hereditary? Yeah, and when I say psychological, I mean, it leaves you thinking but you're also pumped because you just watched one of the best movies of all time. There's like, yeah. like there's not a single frame in that film that is out of place. The music is great from Ennio Morricone. The directing is great from John Carpenter. Kurt Russell gives a great performance. Everything's perfect. It, everything is perfect. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead with your number one. Um, so my number one would be The Dark Knight. Nice. Um, I think, uh, first off, The Dark Knight, I think, also has one of the best openings, the the bank heist. That's, awesome. It's very good. Um, great reveal for the Joker. Um, I just think that I, – I also think, like, we talked about this, I think, last time on the pod. Like, Christopher Nolan really has – he's really good at endings – I feel like, and he knows how to how to end it on a on a good note. I think, and this movie, I mean, first off, like the whole scene uh, leading up to to the end with you know Harvey flipping the coin with Gordon's son. I mean, it, it's so intense, and that's such a great scene. And then you know Batman basically taking the blame and. You know, Gary Oldman has the iconic uh, monologue with uh, with the score, and then that last shot of of Batman uh, basically driving out um, in the Bat Pod. It's just perfect. It's it's the perfect way to end, um, in my opinion, one of the one of the best movies of all time. Um, and I would also argue that that movie, like I was thinking about this the other day, because I'm going to rewatch it this week for my birthday, that that movie might have some of my favorite, not necessarily the best, but my favorite cinematography. Like there are some, some scenes in that movie. Like my favorite was, it was after it's, it's the best scene in the movie, in my opinion, uh, when Alfred uh, is telling Bruce about uh, when they were trying to take out these bandits and he's explained to him, 
to him that some men just want to watch the world burn. And then it shows him like watching the video and then it quickly pans to this incredible like blue shade shot of Christian Bale literally standing like on top of the Sears tower and he's like listening to tape and it, it, it's just such a good shot. I'll, I'll show it to you after, but okay. uh, it's, it's one of my favorite shots um, ever, honestly. And, and the last shot obviously is iconic too, but um, yeah, the dark Knight. I, I can't, I've already said so much about it already in yeah. the few podcasts that we've had so far. So yeah, that's my number one. All right. Dark Knight. And then my number one, strictly for the showdown at the end, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, Neo Morricone's score helps tremendously. Um, and I mean, it doesn't even need to be there either um, because it's just, it's, it is an intense showdown at the end. Um, I also like the ecstasy of gold in the film. Um, when uh what is what is the guy's name in the film who is the, the ugly i can never remember his name uh tuco tuco yeah when tuco's looking for the gold next to arch stanton and uh there's no and, name on it yeah and it's the uh it's it's the ecstasy of gold and then they basically say we're gonna have to fight for the gold um and they do their showdown and have their guns drawn and they shoot, shoot each other. And then Blondie rides off into the sunset. It's just, it's so perfect with Neo Morricone's score. I just, this is such a great film from Sergio Leone. And I have no problem that they are speaking in their native tongues for the film because it's, I don't mind it. It's, it's just, the story is so well done. It's, it's just such a beautiful film. I just, I really love it. And that ending is just perfect. I loved it so much that I bought the vinyl of the score and I listened to that and it's incredible. Yeah. I mean that movie, that, that ending and prisoners were both on my honorable mentions, I would say. Yeah, I would say The Shining's on my honorable mentions as well. Yeah, the more I think about the good, it, the bad, and the ugly was really close to making it. It was it was dangerously close. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, it, that that was just the perfect way to end it. There's honestly so many movies that you could choose from. I mean, The Lord of the Rings, the end. That's the perfect way to end a trilogy. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Um, I love Mad Max's Mad Max Fury Road's ending. Mm. Um, yeah, there, there's just so many to choose from. Definitely. So yeah, yeah. I think we uh, another good podcast. You have anything? Any more thoughts? No. What What was the thing that you wanted me to say every week? Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Yeah. Um, so Sam's going to say that at the end of the pod. But um, I think next week we'll be back with Anola Holmes review for you for you guys. Have some good movie uh, movie news to bring you, and uh, that'll be all on episode eight. So until then, Nolan Shalupe alongside with Sam Alessandro, and we'll see you guys next time. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.